Ephesians chapter 6. I want you to stand, if you would, please. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to remain standing as I read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. But let's have a word of prayer. Again, Lord, for the service that has already begun and has taken place, the service that we are involved in right now, we're thankful to you. And for the devotion leader, Sister Florence, the praise team, the drummer, the musicians, we thank you for all those that are here, the singers in the audience, every participant. We bless your holy name and give glory to you. God, today we need a word. We need to hear from you. Lord, I pray that in this place you will give us ears that will allow the word of God to go deep into our very being, that we will ponder what you say to us in this place today, that we will be careful then to walk out the word in our lives daily. Be with us, bless us, lead us, guide us. Pray that you will be our provider and our protection. We do love you. We glory in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing. And this is how it reads out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of your Bibles, King James says, the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. For the title of this message, part one, this is part one. You will be defeated if you do not put on the right armor. You will be defeated if you do not put on the right armor. Battles are often won and lost in the planning and preparation for the battle. Those in the military don't just rush into battle without some planning of how they're going to defeat their enemy. As Paul comes to the end of this book in Ephesians and moves towards the final instructions, he warns and urges those who are in, who are in Christ to prepare for battle, not based on human plans, but to rely on what has been laid down in terms that we are now in Christ and that we belong to him and our weapons of warfare are spiritual. Get that. Your weapons are not fleshly or carnal. If you plan on being successful in this battle, having on the full panoply, Panoply means full armor. It talks about armor. Panoply, P-A-N-O-P-L-Y, means full armor. Then you must dress 
before you engage in battle. Today, I see people, and I've done it myself, will come out of the house in their pajamas, something you wouldn't dare do before. If it's nighttime, I'll put my pajamas on, and I may go to the mailbox. People will wear their pajamas to school. That was something that didn't happen when I was in school. And when I was growing up, I had church clothes and I had play clothes. I was constantly told by my mom, don't get your church clothes dirty. Nice telling that to a kid. Before I leave the house, I'd be dirty sometimes. Point number one, your strength comes from being in Christ. Your strength comes from being in Christ. Taking that primarily from Ephesians chapter 6.10. Finally, finally, be strong, it says, in the Lord and in the strength of his might. After Paul has covered in the last section of what's called the household table, he has addressed the family, the husband, the wives, and the children, the owners, and the slaves. He draws upon the importance now of being strong because there is a vicious battle that one is going to be and is engaged in. If you don't know as a believer that you are in a battle, then you are already a victim. This matter of being strong means to be strengthened in the Lord. So when he says be strong, he actually is saying you be strengthened in the Lord. To be strong was impressed upon some of the leaders that we know back in the Old Testament. I want to read, if you have in your Bible, you can follow me, but Joshua chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and 9. Joshua chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and verse 9. And this is what it says. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Here he is. Repeats it again. Sometimes we don't get it the first time. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31 verses 6 and 7 and verse 23. This is what it says in Deuteronomy 31, 6, 7, and 23. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all the, of Israel. In other words, in the sight of all the people, that nation, the people that are there, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. Verse 23, 
And the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. Your strength comes from the Lord. The command to be strong is that one is to be strong in the Lord. There is a distinct difference for those that are in Christ and those that are not. Please understand this. It is the Lord who hears the prayers of those that belong to him. And if you are going to be strong as a believer, you must understand that your strength comes because of who you are connected to and who you are in. You're in Christ. Sometimes you've heard people say, boy, you need to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. That's not for Christians. I understand the meaning of saying that we need to do some things, but we need to understand that in the spiritual world in which we live, your dependence is solely on what Christ has done and the fact that he empowers you and prepares you for the battle. Paul wants to make sure that one understands that one is to be strong in the Lord. Paul seems to suggest that the strength is that the armor of God is the strength of his might. The armor of God is, it appears here in Ephesians, what it says, the strength of his might. You see, there's no reason to be strong if you're not going to go into battle or if you have no conflict. What do you need to be strong about? If you don't engage in battle, there's no reason for you to be strong. But there is a battle. And as Paul comes to this conclusion and concluding words, it is vitally important that one understands that he has been laying the foundation from the very parts, earlier parts of Ephesians, and gets to this most critical part that we're going to see the next time in, next time, in regards to the armor of God, the pieces that are mentioned. The employment of courage is not a guessing game of what one is to employ or where one is to go to get their courage. You don't have to guess about where your courage comes from if you are a believer. I see some people sometimes guessing, now, which, what, am, what am I to do? Oh, I don't know what, I, what I'm to do. Well, if you are a Christian, you better start with the word of God. You better start with seeking God. Says, God, I don't know what to do. I need your help. There are some people that start moving. You know, there are some times where we don't know where we're going, and so therefore we'll just drive. That's a good way to get lost. Just start just driving. Worry, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just going to drive and see if I see anything familiar. Sometimes when you just need to just be still and try to find out, okay, where am I? Let me first, before I go any place, end up in some place where you don't know where you are and be wondering, Lord, how I'm going to get myself out of this. As recipients of God's grace and salvation, and the fact that you have exchanged kingdoms, that you used to be in the kingdom of Satan, now that you are in the kingdom of God, one can be encouraged in that the power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenlies is the same power that will give you victory against every attack of the enemy. You need to get that. 
The same power that raised Christ is the very same power that's going to raise you and help you in the midst of your battles. Notice that Paul says, finally. When you hear those words, finally, you know that something is about to conclude. And it makes sense to pay attention to those words that are coming. Finally. You need to understand that you must remain in Christ. How is it? That one comes to the Lord and then does not prepare for battle. I think some people think that coming to God, that their life is just going to be all easy now. I come to the Lord so all my problems can go away. Well, you have just started the battle. You, you, you don't come to the Lord and expect to not have the enemy on your track. That's his job. Paul says you better get ready for the battle. But you need to understand that the enemy is already defeated and you already have the victory if you put on the full armor of God. The battle that we are fighting is not one of fighting in the flesh. This is a battle in which you are engaged in spiritually. Doesn't make any difference to Satan how mad you get. If you get mad and act in regards to the flesh, he claps his hand and just says, oh, oh, poor you. But you get mad and says, if you keep bothering me like Pastor Noah used to say, I'm going to shout right here. <laughs> Satan can outlast you. And he often wants us out of the fight. He knows that if we are in the flesh, that he's already won. And so what does he do? He wants us to respond in the flesh. Paul says, finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord. There's preparation that needs to happen. You see, the flesh gets tired. And when your flesh gets tired, your defenses come down. When your defenses come down, you are at risk. Ask some boxers. You know, Muhammad Ali was good at it. First in Cassius Clay, he could exploit some of the weaknesses. Can be some very strong opponents. Why? Because he could see some of their weaknesses and he utilized his wit to beat them. Talk to them. Get them upset and mad. Then hit them a couple times and says, got to put your hands up. (laughs) I remember when I was in school when he lost to Joe Frazier. I was in Martin Luther King. And I recall everybody said Ali was going to win. And I remember my brother saying, Joe Frazier is going to win. And when the shock came that Joe Frazier beat Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, there was a big shock. But when they refought again, they had another fight, you, you, you know that there was a different attitude that he had, Cassius Clay. You see, you weren't going to beat him generally more than one time. He took note of that. The enemy looks for weaknesses in our lives. And he does not let up. He will stay at it. He will stay constant. And so you've got to realize that if you are trying to fight this enemy in your flesh, you're going to lose. So you need to understand that your strength comes from the fact that you are in the Lord. The second point that I want you to note, do not go out half-dressed. Uh-oh. Do not go out half-dressed. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. And that's what it says. That you may be able to stand against 
the schemes of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Please understand that the fight that you're in is a fight to the death. Oh, Lord, help us. I don't mean to scare anybody, but it is. It's a fight to the death. If you don't realize that, then you are already exposed. Notice that you are encouraged to be strong because there is a guaranteed battle. No, Paul is talking about not something that might come, but he's talking about something that is going to come and that you're going to be engaged in as a Christian. Every tactic that Satan has is available in the battle. You can't say, Satan, please fight fair. He doesn't. I remember times when we were getting fights, we had some terms that we had to put out there. Today, people go pick up and get anything. That didn't happen back in the day for us. You know, you, you had to fight. These are the rules. It's, it's, it's hands, feet, whatever, you know, but it ain't no sticks and rocks and everything. That sometimes came a person got really mad and then was losing the fight or something. <laughs> if you attempt to launch an attack or stand in your own power, you will be defeated in a major way. Please understand that you will be defeated if you are not fully dressed. If you don't have on the full panoply, if you don't have on the right armor, you're going to be defeated. If you go into this battle exposed, you will be targeted in that area in which you are exposed. One of the things that seem to confuse Christians is that they try to assume that an attack in one area that is exposed is not going to be too bad. One thinks that, oh, I'll be able to handle that. Have you sometimes miscalculated what you thought you could take? Sometimes told a little kid, go ahead and hit me here. And like to knock the wind out of you because you weren't expecting that hit. (laughs) You left an area exposed. If you leave an area exposed, you're going to be targeted in that area. When one says, I don't need to be faithful to God. There's an exposed area. I don't need to attend church or Bible study consistently. When your vocabulary begins with, I don't need, then you need to watch out because that is an exposed area. That is an area right now that you have left open to the enemy. When you say any part of God's armor you don't need, I don't need, you are in trouble. Satan takes note of that. His minions take note of that. And they're going to target you in the very area where you think you're strong because you said, I can handle this. The devil has many schemes and wiles. He notices, he watches you, he takes note and comes after you. And he's not fighting fair. He's throwing everything at you. The armor that is listed that we'll get to later in the message, in another message, is not for evaluation of whether you need it or not. You don't decide if you need the armor. It's God's armor, and you are commanded to put it on. You don't know what's coming. Oh, I don't think I need that today. How do you know? How do you know what is going to hit you in your day? And there you are trying to determine in the morning what you need of your spiritual armor. There you go, left everything at home. 
except your flesh. There you are out there exposed, and somebody says something to you, and you go off. Then trying to apologize because you left your armor at home. Oh, God, I'm going to do better tomorrow. (laughs) Drive back home and get that armor. (laughs) You don't evaluate whether you need it or not. You don't know it's coming. You're exposed. You're telling God, I can handle this. You can't. Why? Because it's he that supplies the armor. The same power that raised Christ is the same power that is available to you. Notice that Paul does not make any allowances for the wardrobe malfunction. He, he doesn't say we're going to have a wardrobe malfunction. There was a, there was, that happened some time ago at the Super Bowl. They said it was a wardrobe malfun- malfunction. I'm going to leave it there for those who don't know. <laughs> the entire armor is needed. And we will see those listed when we get to it in two weeks. The full armor meant that one was putting on a full instrument of defensive warfare or offensive warfare. When one puts on the armor, it is for defense as well as offense. You need to understand the full armor meant that one was putting on the full armor of defensive warfare or offensive. Panoplia in the Greek. This was worn by a heavily armed foot soldier. While Paul's list of the armor, when you get to it, may not be exhaustive of every piece. The point that Paul is making that every part of the armor must be worn. Like I said, when you start with, I don't need, or I can do good by myself, or I can worship independently of the body, you are a target for the enemy. We need to come to the Lord and say, God, I need your covering. I need your armor today. Is there anything exposed, anything that I don't know is coming that you can make sure I'm covered? Give me what I need today. Then be strong in the Lord. Like I said, have dressed Christians often get seriously injured. Half-dressed Christians get seriously injured. Ephesians 4.24 says, And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. What? Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. When we look at this word in this passage, to put on the armor that you may be able to stand, there are different words or there are different meanings that Paul gives in this matter of standing. The first stand is basically, it means to resist or to hold one's position against the devil's wiles. It is that first hold where you are standing your ground. In verse 14 that we did not read, the final stand, it is an imperative. The command means that that one, it suggests that a soldier is in hand-to-hand combat. Get me now. When Paul is talking about taking your stand, There is a stand that one needs to basically take in order to just 
resist. Then there is a stand because now you are in a battle hand to hand. Point number three, and I'll be done. You must know your enemy. Verse 12, you must know your enemy. For we do not wrestle, it says, against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Colossians 1.13 says this, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Do you not know that when you came from Christ, you came out of the kingdom of darkness, all the stuff that you used to do out here, that you like say is in my closet and you don't want people to bring it up. And you try to hide and kick it in the door when people come home and push it in the closet in the past. Then you are transferred to the kingdom of light. Well, you say, look at all the things that God is doing for me. And you want people to see because God has blessed you. You are transferred from that kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, which is in Christ. In the battle that we are engaged in, you have often chose the wrong side. (laughs) One that when we did not know Christ, when we were away from him, We always went with a different agenda, in most cases, I should say. Why? Because we didn't have the proper armor. We weren't connected to the source. So decisions that were often made were wrong. We didn't know who the enemy was. We were on his side. But the moment you transferred side, the side to Christ, then you became the enemy of the one that you had been with. You had been partners with him, but when you transferred kingdoms, he then became your enemy and you became his target. It is a trick of the enemy to disguise himself that your weapons that you have been instructed to put on to have the Lord, or rather have the Lord put these on you, which are called instruments of warfare. The enemy has tried to shift the focus so that you do not employ the spiritual weapons needed to combat him. He wants to have you confused. He says you don't need that weapon. You need to know who your enemy is. Your enemy is not your neighbor. Help us, Lord. Your enemy really is not even people. Because Satan has access to people, and he will use people to get to you. And what you will end up doing, you will be upset with people and the enemy is behind pulling the strings. You need to know who your enemy is. And then how to pray for the individuals because you will get upset with people not realizing that the enemy is behind the scene. So when you get upset, you quit God in the church and feel justified in using a fleshly vice. Or you get upset and start pulling armor off and things off because you are upset things didn't go your way or didn't go as you expected. I didn't sign up for this. Oh, yes, you did. If you are in Christ, you signed up for the full package. You and your enemy are in close quarters. Do you not know that you are, you are in hand-to-hand combat with the enemy? But we wrestle not against rulers, 
authorities, cosmic, for we wrestle against, I should say, rulers and authority, cosmic powers and spiritual forces. We're not fighting a fleshly fight. We are fighting the spiritual warfare, and he has everything available. You need to know your enemy, because the enemy will use deception and deceitful schemes to get at you. He will tell you, you need to go ahead and quit because you definitely didn't sign up for this. If you had known what you know now, would you have done this? You had no. I don't think I would have. But that's what the enemy wants to do. You know what? You just need to go on and be by yourself so we can get together. Watch the tactics of the enemy. I told you. Those, those, those animal shows, I like watching them, but I, when you know there's trouble, when you see, a, you see a stray gazelle somewhere, and you see a, a lion or a panther or some, some animal crouching down in the field, they have zeroed in on one stray animal. They're not going to go play with it. That's going to be dinner or breakfast. <laughs> Maybe even lunch. <laughs> the Greek word, pule, I should say pale, used to describe the struggle. It, it means a word in Greek that is only used one time. Rather, I should say this, the, the, the word itself is nowhere else used in the Greek except here. It means to wrestle. Pale, it means to wrestle. The word was commonly used in the first century for wrestling. Wrestling was one of those games that was very um, important. It was, wrestling was used in Ephesus, Asia Minor, Smyrna, Pergamum. It was a great event. Olympia, Greece. And, and it was something where one had to be in close quarters with their enemy. Note that Paul says we wrestle. He could have used another Greek word that talks about fighting at a distance or using fighting techniques. If he didn't use that word, he used the word wrestle. For we wrestle against principalities. We, we, we don't have him, the enemy, just simply launching grenades or shooting smart weapons at us. He is in close quarters with you. That's the battle. That's why you need the full armor, so that when a soldier was fully armed, he had everything he needed, whether he was at a distance or was in close quarters, he was fully protected. That's why you need the full armor of God, because you're going to be in a battle that's going to always be changing. It doesn't just stay at a distance. It's close fighting. Whether you like fighting or not, you need to understand that you are in a battle. As I bring this message to a close, it is only having the full armor of Christ. Only full armor will give you victory and defeat the enemy. You can't pull off the armor because you are upset or you don't think you need it. You've got to leave the full armor on. Every piece of the armor must be worn at all times. The powers that Paul lists, these powers that he mentions, they are not to be looked at in terms of hierarchy, but that there is a complete array of the enemy's imps and workers that covers every aspect of life that you need to be concerned about. They control world leaders. They control events. 
So when you see the craziness that happens in today's society, what in the world? There are spiritual forces at play. We fight against spiritual forces. Therefore, you can't understand everything in the physical. That's why for Christians, it is vitally important that you put on the full armor. Like I said, next time, we're going to go through the armor. We're going to go through what's listed as six, but then there's a, there's a component that's at the other end of praying. But we're going to talk about the belt, the truth. We're going to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. We're going to talk about the shoes, the helmet, or the shield, rather, of faith, and the helmet of salvation. We're going to talk about it, and you're going to talk about the sword. You're going to need the sword. We're going to look at that. Don't leave your sword. It's the only offensive weapon you got. <laughs> Stand to your feet, please. How many of you are half dressed? Uh oh. Don't answer that. The full armor of God is available to you. It's the Lord who clothes you, He puts on the armor. It is His armor. Some commentators even try to say that. The armor is Christ. Well, we know that, but that he has the armor on. There's controversy with that, but you need to understand that it is in him in which you need to understand is the armor. It's not flesh. It's not by your own works. It's by him. Lord, we honor you today. And we pray that if anybody that is in this place doesn't know you as Savior, first of all, we are praying today for them. That there needs to be a transfer from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That the power that raised Christ from the dead, that power of God will reside within them. That they will be able to change from one kingdom to your kingdom. Just briefly, is there anybody in this place that does not have a personal relationship with God? You never accepted the Lord as Savior of your soul. Please understand that there is no getting to heaven without having Christ cleanse you of your sins. Anybody in this place says, I need to be saved so that I can be fully clothed with the armor of God. Anybody in this place says, yep, I'm one. You raise your hand and put it down, I'll pray for you. If you don't know the Lord, then you're saying, I've got it covered. I can stand and face the enemy on my own. Or... God, I don't quite know about this matter of Christianity, but I want to know more. Would you help me? We pray that people, God, that may be struggling in this place, that you will be uh, uh, a constant, a constant uh, stressor to them where they, they, they are put in the line of God where, Lord, you prompt them in their spirit and work with them in such a way that, does not allow them the comfort to rest in sin, but say, I need to get right with the Lord and will come to the Savior for the peace of mind that you give. We pray that, Lord, as Christians, as believers, those that know you, that if there is any of the armor of God that is not in place, would you help us to allow you to put it into place? As we leave this place today, we pray for your protection. We know the enemy. It's going to try to take the word. It's going to try to remove it. We pray that God, the helmet of salvation, will protect 
We pray that, Lord, we will allow you to guard our minds. We love you for who you are. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.